This time next year. Written and read by Liz Hines. 27th of March, Saturday. Lunchtime. Bev just phoned. For the third time today. And that's as well as the twice Pippa has called. Bev said, I just thought, have you changed the bed? What? Have you changed your sheets, plumped up the pillows, got rid of your teddy? I don't keep a teddy on my bed. I keep a baseball bat. That's definitely got to go. But you think I should change my sheets? Yeah, clean, crisp sheets are a real turn-on. Not that you'll need it by the time you get there. Isn't it a bit presumptuous, changing the sheets? And buying condoms isn't. Who told you I bought condoms? Yes, I knew you would. I could hear her jumping up and down. Honestly, Bev can be so immature. I'd only just put the phone down when it rang again. Don't forget to shave your legs right to the top. Bev, I know what you're like. You'll only shave the knees down. It's all anyone ever sees. Not tonight, Josephine. I've prepared the lasagna and fruit salad and we'll make a green salad later. I've cleaned the living and dining rooms and just flicked a duster over the bedroom. It was time I put all my dirty clothes in the washing basket anyway. I'm showering when I get back from visiting Dad. Then I'll be ready and have everything in perfect control when David gets here. Later. I mentioned to Mum and Dad that David is coming for a meal tonight. <laughs> that was a bad mistake. Mum's eyes lit up and she beamed. Oh, Alison, that's the best news I've had for years. Better than the doctor saying that he's very pleased with Dad's progress. Oh, don't be so silly, you know what I mean. David is such a dear man and so good-looking and a psychiatrist to boot. Now, you will be careful, won't you, dear? For an awful moment, I thought she was going to bring up the subject of condoms, but she said, You're not planning on using candles, are you? No, Mum. Good, good, that's all right then. Oh, wait till I tell Trisha and Jeff, they'll be so pleased too. She clapped her hands together. Isn't it wonderful, Bill? Everything's working out all right at last. Mum, I've only invited David for a thank you meal. I'm not marrying him. But you wouldn't turn him down if he asked you, would you? I do hope not, Alison. He's the best you're ever likely to find. Eunice. Dad's voice was firm, though still a little slurred. Yes, dear. Shut up. Dad held out his good arm and signalled me to him. He gave me a great big lopsided hug. Have a lovely time tonight. David is a fine man and he's very fond of you. He winked at me with his good eye. I do love them both. Now I must get ready. There's nothing to be nervous about. It's just a meal with a friend. 28th of March, Sunday, mid-morning. Three of my favourite things are a sunny spring morning, the sound of church bells ringing, the smell of bacon under the grill. And I have all of these, plus a rather divine naked man in my shower. Life doesn't get much better than this. It's a long time since I've cooked breakfast for a man, excluding Adam and Triboy. It's a shame I don't have any bread or eggs or mushrooms. But David said a rusher of bacon and half a tomato would be perfect, just like me. That's what he said. Like me, he meant, not him. It all happened very naturally. I don't know why I got so anxious about it. He is a lovely man. I don't know who was more embarrassed when it came to the condoms. 
He had brought some, but admitted it had been such a long time since he'd needed them. It had taken him three attempts to pluck up his courage to ask for them in the chemist. You don't have to ask, I said. That's what the girl behind the counter said. You haven't done this before, have you, love? He put on a strong accent. They're just over by there, see, next to the treatments for cystitis and thrush. Because we were laughing and at ease, it all seemed perfectly normal and right. And fun. I can't remember it being so much fun with Brian. Even me spilling my glass of water over his shoes didn't spoil the atmosphere. Oh, shavings! David came in just as I was trying to put out the burning bacon. He leaned against the wall, his whole body shaking with laughter. Don't just stand there, open the back door quickly. He sauntered over and opened the door. I threw out the bacon and the grill pan. Do you mean to do that? David asked as he closed the door. Well, it was hot and I panicked and stopped laughing. You could at least turn off the smoke alarm. I'll do it as we're passing. Passing? On our way back to bed. Back to bed? Well, we don't have anything for breakfast now, do we? Nope. So, do you have any better ideas? I didn't. I will shower when he has finished. His second shower in as many hours. And then we are going to go and visit Dad in hospital. I told David he didn't have to come with me. I could go alone if he had things he needed to do. But he said there was nothing else he would rather do. Well, almost nothing. Time for bed. Alone. David has gone home as he has work in the morning but we have spent the evening cuddling and talking. There's so much we don't know about each other. But I think I know the important things about you, David said. And those are? You're gorgeous, <laughs> obviously. And funny. Is that good? Oh, definitely. OK, carry on. And kind. He kissed the end of my nose. And loving and sweet. Oh, go on, I'm enjoying this. And a total disaster area. Excuse me? Not to mention a fire hazard and... He couldn't continue as I was thumping him with the cushion. I also apologised for my mother. As David and I walked into the ward together, even from a distance I could see the expression on her face changing as she realised the implications. She leapt to her feet as we approached. Oh, it's lovely to see you both, she said. Together. She kissed both of us. Isn't it lovely, Bill, to see Alison and David together? She was giving Dad significant nods in case he hadn't noticed. Now, you sit here, David. Alison, get that chair. No, Mr Thomas won't mind. He never gets any visitors. Bring it over here. Sit next to David. There, that's right. Now, isn't this lovely? All of us here together. Yes, Mum. She smiled at David, then remembered. Did Alison cook you a nice meal last night? I do hope she didn't have any accidents. She is so accident-prone. You'll both have to come round to us for a meal soon, as soon as Dad is out of hospital. Do you like trifle, David? I find most men can't say no to trifle and a roast. A nice bit of roast beef. You're not one of those people who don't eat beef, are you? Can't see the point in it myself. If you're going to get mad cow's disease, you probably already got it. That's what I think. My mother gets a bit carried away sometimes. She doesn't mean any harm. It's just that her mouth speaks without consulting her brain. Probably genetic, I should think. Do you think so? Then I realised the implication of what he was saying. Do you mind? That's my mother you're talking about. Precisely. He shook his head. Not a lot of hope for you, I suspect. It's hard to argue with a man when he has his lips on yours. 
Much later, he said. Anyway, you have yet to meet my mother. Is she anything like mine? There are remarkable similarities, he nodded. I'd like to take you to meet her soon. You sure? Yes, she's not that bad. No, I meant you sure you wanted to meet me. Oh, definitely, although she might be a bit hard on you at first. Oh, why? You remember the Christmas dinner dance I invited you to? The last-minute invite you gave me, you mean? The reason it was a last-minute invitation was that I usually take my mother. She's accompanied me every year since my wife died, and she loves all the fuss and attention she gets there. But this year... Oh, I'm starting to get a bad feeling about this story. This year, at the beginning of December, she fell and broke her hip. I said I wouldn't go without her, but she told me not to be silly, and wasn't there anyone I could think of I could invite? I said there was only one person other than her that I would even contemplate going with, but it was very short notice to ask. My mother told me not to be so pathetic, and that if I explained, whoever it was would understand and go to the dance with me. Oh, and that was me, was it? Of course it was you. It's not my fault you didn't explain very well. You didn't give me much of a chance. No, I suppose I didn't. So now my mother knows you as the hussy who had the nerve to turn down her lovely son. Oh dear, that's not a good place to be in. I have to think of reasons to avoid David's mother. 29th of March, Monday. In work, young Mr D asked me if I was feeling all right. Apparently I look different. Muriel agreed. There's definitely something about you today, she said. I told them I'm fine. Absolutely fine. 30th of March. I came home early from the pub so I'd be here when David called. He was insistent that I shouldn't give up dance class, but less keen to accompany me. He said first I will have to teach him what I have learned. That won't take long. Nick was looking at me strangely all through the class. I didn't help myself by standing on his feet at least four times. While we were walking to the pub, he snuggled up to me. OK, tell Nick all about him. Who? The man who has brought such a glow to your cheeks and a sparkle to your eyes. Oh, don't be silly. Don't you be silly. You can't fool me. Come on, give. My eyes really sparkling. Oh, like diamonds in a queen's crown. And my cheeks glowing. Like a woman who's had a right rollicking romp in the hay. Nick! It's all right, the others are miles behind us, you can tell me. So I did. He was thrilled, but I made him promise not to tell Stefan until after the pub. I didn't want everyone else knowing just yet. 31st of March. Adam is coming home on Saturday for the Easter holidays. I wonder how he will feel about David. Perhaps I should phone him and tell him before he gets here. I've mentioned to Chloe that I've been seeing a bit of David... But it's different for boys. Adam might feel threatened or excluded if there is another man in the house. Perhaps I should tell David that I won't be able to see him while Adam is home. Or rather that he shouldn't come to my house during the time. Or perhaps I should ask him what to do. He's a psychiatrist after all. Later. David and I had a very long talk about us and my children. He told me that as far as he is concerned, our relationship is important. He has not felt like this since his wife died and he feels that we have been through enough together already to enable him to say that he hopes our relationship would be for the rest of our lives. I nearly cried when he said that. No, not nearly, did cry. He wants to be part of my children's lives as well. Obviously I can't or wouldn't want to be their father, 
but I don't want to be kept separate from anything that is part of you. I want the whole package. I cried again. Brian and Adam will get here at about five o'clock on Saturday. I will talk to Adam that evening and David will come round on Sunday evening after Adam and I have been to the hospital to see Dad. I suppose I should mention it to Brian too. 3rd of April, Saturday. Adam had hardly come through the door when the phone rang. It was for him and he went off to his room to take it. I offered Brian a coffee as he looked tired. I was just about to ask how the journey had been when he said, I've been hearing things, Alison. I wasn't sure what he meant. Was his mental state deteriorating? He gave me an intense look. He obviously wanted to talk about it, so I said, well, What kind of things are you hearing? About you and a man. Ah, are they true? That depends what you're hearing. That you have a new boyfriend. Adam chose that moment to walk back into the room. Oh, yeah, he said. Chloe texted me about that. Nice one, Mum. It's that guy with the murk, isn't it? I'm meeting Luke down the pub later, so can we eat soon? I'm starving. Brian left soon after that. 4th of April, Sunday. I never thought I would actively encourage Adam to go out drinking. I only did so as it was obvious that I wasn't going to get a word in edgeways, with him and David discussing Manchester United's chance for the treble and the failure of Welsh clubs to get anywhere yet again in any championship. After he'd gone, David sat back and looked at me, smugly. All right, all right, you were a great success. My son likes you more than he likes me. It's a good job I like you enough to make up for that then, isn't it? 16th of April, Thursday. Life has been a whirl for the last two weeks. What with catering for Adam, visiting Dad, having Chloe and Triboy for Easter and conducting a love affair. <laughs> not to mention going to work. I've not had time to think, which is how it should be. It's my birthday tomorrow. I wonder what David's got for me. He's been leaving health and safety catalogues around lying open at the fire extinguisher page, but I think that's a joke. I hope it is. At least I have survived 12 months as a 50-year-old. I didn't think I'd do that at this time last year. It hasn't been as bad as I expected either. Maybe I should write a book. There must be lots of women out there dreading it. It would become an instant bestseller and I would be rich and famous and invited on Rich and Judy. I could call it, hmm, better than I expected? No, that's a terrible title. I will have to work on that. And that's where we leave Alison for now. If you enjoyed hearing about her life, look out for the as yet unnamed sequel to be published in late 2020, I hope. I am Liz Hines, writer and narrator of Alison's Adventures. In spite of what my family say, I am not Alison although some of her misadventures may possibly have occurred in my life too. While waiting for the release of her new book, you might like to catch up with Alison or me on social media. We both have blogs as well as Facebook accounts, and I'm also on Twitter, Instagram and Pinterest, although I'm not very active there as I don't have a clue what I'm doing. Anyway, thank you for listening, and please encourage your friends to do the same. Otherwise, neither Alison nor I will ever be best-selling authors. Thank you and goodbye for now.